0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. So today we wanna tie a bow around the Faith, Hope, and Love series. And um, this message is, is so deep and so important. Although it is a postscript because it is actually focusing on one of the major keys to you and I walking in faith and hope and love. And what I want to do today is read a passage to you from the Old Testament that repeats in a very vivid way what Paul was saying in faith, hope and love. So if you have your Bibles with you, first of all, turn to Psalm 129. I'm reading it to you out of the Good News translation. After that, we're going to land on 1 Corinthians 13. But I want to say up front, this is a powerful biblical example of what Paul was referring to when he set up the conclusion. And these Three remain, everyone, faith, hope, and love. So Psalm 129, starting with verse 2, says this. Ever since, everyone say ever since. Ever since I was young, my enemies have persecuted me cruelly. But they have not overcome me. They cut deep wounds in my back. And made it like a plowed field. But the Lord, the righteous one, has freed me from slavery. The title of today's message is Ever Since. And when you think about Ever Since I Was Young, let me say up front that every single one of us, the minute we get past, let's say, 16 years old, um, we all have an Ever Since I Was Young. Every person in this room, every person in my hearing has been shaped by some, ever since I was young, moments. It is an irrefutable reality that right now, let me put it this way, right now, more than ever before since I've been alive, I believe that the issue of ever since i was young is the greatest issue of uh, plaguing us troubling the people all over the world what's bugging people more than ever before is things that happened when they were young there's a mystery for why this has actually emerged I believe that because of the pandemic, buffers um, uh, uh, have been removed. Like things that we had the freedom to occupy our time with and our emotions with for two years were completely stripped away and we had to deal with ourselves. And because we couldn't run around like we used to, because we couldn't hang out with each other the way we used to, the things that are, are rooted deep inside of us have exploded onto the scene of our culture. And more than ever before, people are struggling with, ever since I was young, issues. Or I'll just say childhood issues. Now today's text is so deep because it really sheds light on why so many people struggle so much. Those of us, whether you're watching online or sitting in this sanctuary. Those of us who were really fortunate and have, have had solid homes, yes, we probably um, could testify and say, yeah, I was more blessed by my childhood than hurt by my childhood. But there are those that the reality is is that your youth was sort of a mixed bag. The less virgin, the less fortunate of us who grew up in in great dysfunction, many of us have been significantly impacted. Historically speaking, the enemy, the devil, Satan, has targeted and been viciously cruel to children. Consequently, this satanic, trauma-inducing behavior, listen to this. The satanic, trauma-inducing behavior causes masses of people to live an insecurity based live with an insecurity based thought life a fear based emotional state and in some cases carry self-destructive pursuits all because of ever since i was young And one of the things that you and I need to recognize today is that the minute your ever since happened in your life, God was ready to bring healing and freedom and help and hope. In other words, as the children of God, we can be like David who said... Ever since I was young, we all have an ever since I was young, but like David, we can all also have. But the Lord has not let the enemy overcome me. Every single one of us, no matter what happened, how, no matter how painful, how difficult, how uh, emotionally crushing uh, uh, something took place in your life, we have. The Lord God Almighty on our side. He said, but the Lord has, not, has freed me from slavery. And when we put these two verses together, we see that God has a powerful plan for us to walk in faith and hope and love. Let me say this before I read 1 Corinthians 13 and we pray. David... Had what all people can have, but most people don't have. He had, but the Lord, the righteous one, freed me. The Bible says, Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So now I want you to read that biblical example into the passage that we've been going over in the New Testament. Now for the fourth week. 1 Corinthians 13, beginning with verse 11. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. This is possible. This is promised in the word of God. What Paul was saying here is that God is able by the power of his word, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to help you put your, uh, ever since I was young, behind you. It says, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Paul has now moved into faith. Paul is now saying, it doesn't matter if I understand everything. It doesn't matter if I can see everything, if everything is explained to me. I have been born again. I know who I am. I'm a child of God, and I know where I'm going. I'm going to be in eternity with him. I'm going to see him face to face, and it's going to be joy unspeakable, uh, unspeakable and full of glory. If you believe that, would you put your hands together with me right now? Come on. Let's clap because we're going to heaven. Let's clap because we're going to be with Jesus for all of eternity and he's with us right here, right now. We walk by faith, not by feelings, not by sight. And that faith overpowers ever since I was young. He says, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these Three remain, everyone, faith, hope, and love. One more time, what remains? Faith, hope, and love. We can walk in faith, hope, and love, regardless of what's happening in our country right now, regardless of what's happening in our world, and regardless of what happened in our past. And we know the greatest of these is love. So I want to pray right now. I want to ask that you and I would have an intimate meeting with the Holy Spirit. I want to ask that God would help us to open up our hearts so that we can claim the fullness of the power of ever since I was young. The Lord did not let the enemy overcome me. The Lord freed me from slavery. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for our great salvation. Where would we be, Lord, if we didn't have Jesus in our hearts? And God, I pray today... That your purposes and desires for us would be completely realized. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But Lord, you came that we might have life. And life to the fullest. And Lord, I claim life to the fullest for your people. I claim life to the fullest, Lord, for people that are watching online. Every child of God, Lord, is promised the possibilities of life to the fullest. Help us to reach by faith. Help us to reach beyond our pain today. Help us to open ourselves up. Help us to stop hiding, my God, and to open up our situation and our circumstances. Help us, oh God, to put off the shame by the power of the Holy Spirit. And let you step in and touch us deeply and set us free. Bless every heart. Bless every mind, every soul, Lord Jesus. Come and do what only you know about, what only you can do. In the powerful, mighty, matchless name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're believing God for great things today. We're going to see greater things, not just that God does before us, but that God does in us. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the Apostle Paul is saying if you want to walk in the three graces that remain faith, hope, and love, you have to mature. In your spiritual thought life and your spiritual emotional life. Now, the reason why I say you have to mature is because we need to understand that it is possible to be stuck uh, spiritually and emotionally. The psychologists will often call that arrested development. But listen to this. It's the, in, in psychology today... uh, An article said, um, Arrested development refers to the stoppage of physical, emotional, or mental development. This abnormal condition results with someone being stuck in a certain mental, emotional, or mental level of development and can be the reason why some adults act like children emotionally or mentally. Sometimes we respond to things as if we were 14 years old, even though we're 25 years old or 45 years old or 65 years old because something traumatic happened when we were children. And in the moment when this thing kicks in, brothers and sisters something triggers us so that we don't recognize in any given moment wait a second i'm not a kid anymore wait a second i'm not living under that anymore hold on a second that's not who i am i'm not i'm not helpless i'm not a victim But this is so powerful that if we don't recognize what's happening, we keep responding year after year as if what, what traumatized us or stung us or hurt us happened five minutes ago. I can't tell you how many times I've sat across a table where I was trying to help walk someone through the fact that... Yes, that took place in your life. Yes, your uncle did that or your father did that or that teacher did that. But that's not today. That's not who you are. And that has nothing to do with the will of God and your destiny today. We have to outgrow these things we have to learn how to walk in faith can i tell you something i'm going to give you a couple of examples i think this is important and what i've done is i'm giving you factual examples but with a mix of with, with some fictional details Okay, I've been in a lot of places, I've ministered in Chicago, I've ministered in Omaha, in New Jersey, in Rhode Island, but I need to tell you a couple of real stories. Okay, real quickly, but one of them over the years that has stood out to me is someone who had such a powerful deliverance testimony. Very powerful one of those stories that books can be written about. One of those stories that can go around the whole world. And um, but this, this man got married. And, and all of a sudden he started to have these chronic, super intense marital problems. And so we counseled he and his wife. And at a certain point in time, it became clear. And I remember a moment saying to this brother, who I love and respect so much, saying, look, you were betrayed. You were betrayed by your mother. You were betrayed by your father. You were abandoned by them. They took advantage of you and crushed you. And even though you're born again... Even though you have a, you're a man of God, even though you can pray and quote the word of God and do all of these things, there is a part of your heart that has become your filter. Listen closely to me. Your pain, your sense of betrayal is like glasses that you put on the minute you wake up. And everything that you see, you see with the filter of betrayal. Betrayal. And so you talk to the person that you wake up next to who loves you and cares for you and and wants nothing than what's best in God for you, but you suspect everything that she does. You don't trust her. But what you're doing is you're responding like the 12-year-old instead of the 34-year-old. You're not 12 years old anymore. She's not your mother. She's not your father. This is not the world that you grew up in. This is not what attacked you and hurt you. This is the promised land. This is the blessing of God. This is a place of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That is what is available to you, not that past betrayal. And time and time again, God's people are living in light of their ever since I was young. Do you know how many times I've had a young man say to me, you know why I struggle with my manhood? You know why I don't feel like a man? It's because, it's because when I was a little boy, my mother was so disrespectful. Disrespectful. To my father. She would berate him and smash him to pieces. She would pummel him. These are true stories. She would pummel him in front of me and for some reason, as she said all of those things to my daddy, I, the, he, she emasculated him and emasculated me at the same time. We don't recognize, brothers and sisters, how important it is for us to deal with our stuff. You know, they talk about generational curses. They talk about passing things on. The Holy Spirit wants to break anything that's unholy inside of us. Because he doesn't want us to pass it on. You don't have to pass that on. You don't have to live the way you grew up. Do you know how many families a man is abusive to his wife in front of his children, arguing, yelling, and screaming in front of the kids, saying four-letter words and foul things and foul labels. Those kinds of things not only hurt the wife, but they hurt the children. And meanwhile, in some cases, these are church-going folks. And it's because when we get triggered, we get triggered. And instead of living out of who we are today, we live out of ever since I was young. This is a a huge deal. What we need to understand today is that walking in faith, hope, and love, listen closely, walking in faith, hope, and love requires that ways produced by our childhood Are replaced. Everybody say replaced. Ways produced by our childhood are replaced by ways that are produced by the Holy Spirit. What are we talking about? What did Paul mean when he said, I put childish ways behind me? What did Paul, what did David mean by, but the Lord has freed me from slavery? Even though I've got the scars, notice how descriptive that is. The scars are still in my back. Scars are real. We are not denying pain here. But what we're doing is we're dealing with pain. We're dealing with the things that trigger us and hinder us from walking in ever since I was young. And let me just say this one thing before we kind of unpack a couple of the the points. So this says, walking in faith, hope, and love requires that ways produced by our childhood are replaced by ways that are produced by the spirit. You need to know now, we're going to get into this, is the ways of the spirit are the keys to our freedom. Let me say that to you one more time. The ways of the Holy Spirit, the ways of the one that you received into your heart when you were born again. I feel like we belittle what happened when we got saved. When you got saved, you didn't just like acknowledge God, you received God. You received the Holy Spirit. You were born again by the Spirit of the living God. You walk around every day with Christ in you, the hope of glory. I know I'm saying that a lot, but we've got to recognize who is inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And he wants to lead us in the ways of the Spirit. Because the ways of the Spirit are the key to freedom. One more time, the ways of the spirit are the key to your freedom. If you're saying, I can't figure this out. I don't know how to get free. I'm declaring to you that it's the ways of the spirit that are the keys to our freedom. So number one, how do we adopt the ways of the spirit? We have to do what David did. We have to face them with God. We have to face our issues with God. Don't hide your issues. Face your issues. God activates all of his freedom creating tools when we bring them into the presence of God. Into the light. You see... The devil loves to keep you in secret shame. We don't recognize that the power of the enemy is nothing compared to the power of God, but his power remains as long as you keep your pain, your shame, your secret in the dark. Does that mean that you have to post on Instagram something shameful? Absolutely not. Do you have to go on Facebook and make this great confession? Absolutely not. It's you and God and most likely you and God and the key godly people in your life. And if you don't have godly people, connect with the body of Christ because the godly people are there. They're ready to help walk you through. They're ready to help comfort you and stand with you and build you up. And take you. Through a journey, we say all of the time, our process is meant to become someone else's shortcut. And I've got news for you. In our church, and in most churches, you have a past of everything. There's every kind of brokenness in churches. But whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So what did David do? David faced his Ever since moments, everyone with God. With God. So here's what David said. Yes, the enemy attacked me, but the Lord has not allowed him to overcome me. When you learn, when you begin, the minute that you begin to face your issues with God, all of a sudden the... the, the The overarching control and power of Satan is starting to be diminished. When you start to say, I'm not that child or that person any longer, all of a sudden, why? Because I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. All of a sudden, change begins to take place. So many times I have to tell Christians, listen to this. You might be here and you have deep trauma in your life. Maybe you're sitting in the back row and you have deep pain or in the front row, deep pain and trauma in your life. And what the enemy does is he keeps you focused on that and you don't take the time to recognize all the ways that God has used you and grown you. And all the people that he's used you to be a blessing to because you have Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, the problem is is that you're not facing your past with God. With Jesus, with his blood, with his power. And so this is where we have to stop being little children. And I say that in the most respectful terms. This is where we respond to something and we have to say the ache of my past is real, that is absolutely true. The ache of my past is real, but my past is not real in my present. If they could send me a keyboard player. My past is not real in my present. You know what's real in my present? I have Jesus in my life. You know what's real in my present? I've been born again and I may not be perfect, but I'm certainly not who I used to be. You know, and I'm walking with God. I'm a child of the king. And the things that are still left undealt with, I believe that God is going to deal with them. I'm inviting the Holy Spirit to deal with them. And so here's how this kind of fundamentally fleshes out. Spiritual maturity expects God to disempower lies. Please take this in deeply. Spiritual maturity when you start to when you stop being a child in your responses to the things of God. There's a faith expectation. There's a hope expectation. There's a there's a love uh, perspective that fills your soul, and you start to expect God to disempower the lies that have held you down, or gripped you, or even made you a slave. There are lies that say, you need a bottle. You need a drink more than you need Jesus. There are lies that say, you need that joint. You need to smoke. You need that crack. Or you need to gamble. Or you need to look at that pornography. You are driven towards it. You need to gossip. You need to be angry. You need to be full of bitterness and refuse to forgive someone. You need that. When you do that, it validates who you are. And that's a big lie. See? Jesus said... You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth. Come on, say that with me. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus said, expect my truth to disempower your lies. Expect my truth to take Chains that wrap people's heads and hearts and minds and feet. Uh, 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 um, literal, literally handcuffs. People who are locked in emotional prisons. You may be walking around, but you're in an emotional prison. The, when you start to grow up in God, you expect freedom. I want to declare it today, start expecting freedom. I'm telling you right now, start expecting freedom because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the moment you start to bring it to God and face it with God, freedom begins. I've watched this year after year after year. The moment you really start letting God in to the degree that you really face your issues with God, I'm telling you, freedom is on the way. We will not be statistics, not the children of God. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, I need to unpack this for a second. Won't be much longer, but this is very important. See, oftentimes we quote, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And we don't recognize what Jesus is specifically saying so that we can believe God for it. You see, Jesus is saying that his word, his truth is stronger, sharper, faster, wiser, able to release what Satan has bound. As I was studying this, it brought me to a... It reminded me, it just popped into my head, a story of a book, the, the Rudyard Kipling classic, Ricky tikki tavi Anybody know that? We're going way back. So this is a, a, a wonderful children's book. I, I actually started asking staff members if they re, you know, all of them kind of vaguely remembered. But this is a, a classic of a... A mongoose who conquered a cobra. It's based on real life. So let me ask you a question. Who, if you're faced with a king cobra or a black mamba, as we did a little bit of study, did you know that a black mamba, that snake is so poisonous that one bite from that snake is able to, is, has enough poison to paralyze 25 men? One bite. What a fitting example of the bite of Satan. So the Bible depicts Satan as a snake. And the snake deceives Adam and Eve. And he's crafty and he's smart. But here God builds into nature. There is an animal, okay, a mongoose, that actually is faster than the the snap of the cobra. He's smarter. He's sharper. Go Google online and watch a mongoose take on a snake. The cobra might bite. The, 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 mango, the, the black mamba may, may strike. But this little animal is so quick and fast that he just can't get him. You see, and that's the way the word of God is, brothers and sisters. When you fill your heart with the word of God, it's like you got a mongoose inside of you. And every time the devil tries to strike you, you the word of God is quick and powerful and it moves. It doesn't allow you to be hit. It's, it dodges and weaves and then it, it snaps the neck of the snake. Literally, that's what the mongoose does. It snaps the neck of the snake. And I want you to know in Genesis... God prophesied about this. As soon as Eve and Adam sinned against God and they bit the apple, God said to the snake, He said, Yes, you will smite the heel. This was the first declaration of the plan of God, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You will strike his heel but he will crush your skull." How many know greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Whatever whatever poison you've been stung with, whatever you're battling with in your life, the word of God is living and active. It's quick and powerful. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, you will be set free. Expect to be set free. Expect to mature. Expect to grow past that trauma. And God is going to use your trauma to become someone else's blessing. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. What does it mean, greater is he that is in me? It means that God is smarter, sharper, quicker, better. When the word of God starts to strike at the truth, it pulls the plug. So you have technology on, everything is going. One of the kids comes along and pulls the plug and it all turns off. Jesus wants to turn off the power of darkness that resides resides inside of us because of our ever since. That's why we say read your Bible every day. But I want to encourage you. I want you to read your Bible expecting, facing your issues. One of the mysteries of pastoring, uh, I'm almost done, but listen, one of the mysteries of pastoring is why do certain people get set free and other people don't get set free? I'm going to tell you right now, it always goes down to one thing. It's some people access the power of the word and the spirit by faith. And if you said, I've tried, I'm telling you right now, keep trying. If you say, um, um, but you don't understand, well, how can we understand? How can other people understand if you keep living in, in, in secret shame and fear? Let's get the help that we need. Let's bring things into the light. And let's believe for the word of the Lord to set us free. Hallelujah. Scars are real, but Jesus can heal our scars and our wounds. Okay, then here's the last thing. And I will close in a minute. So we have to face our stuff with God. Meaning, look, talk to the Lord. Talk to your wife, brothers. Instead of being angry and closed, tell her what's bugging you. Talk to a man of God. Talk to a leader. Take some time to invite people in to pray. Not the whole world, but a few key people that you know, this person is full of the Holy Ghost. That's who I want praying for me. And you will see. Face them with God. Here's number two. Flip them on Satan. Flip them on Satan. I have a friend... Who when we're talking, he will often say, flip the script on them. Flip the script. You and I, we have to flip the script in our thought life. In other words, we need to look at something and instead of embracing it in the negative context, what we need to do is look at it in a positive context based on what could happen when you have the help of the Holy Spirit. What can happen when you have the power of the Holy Spirit? God can answer. He can solve. He can resolve anything. So when the enemy is trying to condemn you, you need to flip the script. There is a God-given grace to all people. Not just, even, even not, not just Christians. There is a, it's called common grace, theologically speaking. So listen to me. Every man and woman who's taking in this message, every man and woman on the planet, they have been made in the image of God. That's why identity is important, even though culture is trying to smash the meaning of identity. I'm telling you right now, identity is important. Okay, we have been made, man and woman, in the image of God. Because we've been made in the image of God, we have this Built in capacity to overcome. It's just—it's the grace of God. It's not us. It's just God's grace. Let me give you an example. So there's a condition called dyslexia, high level. When a person has dyslexia, when they try to read, the words are jumbled. The let, yeah, the, not the words, the letters get jumbled so they can't really discern the words. And in addition to that, it makes their thoughts jumbled. And so imagine a person who, reading is everything. But imagine a person who can't read or who's having this problem going on in the mouth. How do you learn? How do you become successful? How do you you accomplish great things when you have this condition of dyslexia? But see, there's that common grace of God, what God has put into us is an ability to overcome just in the natural. Let me give you a a, a series of, of people who did great things. The General George Patton had dyslexia. Muhammad Ali. Eleanor Roosevelt. Leonardo da Vinci. Dyslexia. How do you do and figure out all of these incredible things? Because God puts something, he puts mechanisms inside of us. Harry Belafonte, George Washington, Picasso, Walt Disney. Agatha Christie, I was talking to Pastor Jake. How could a writer have dyslexia? I don't know, but it happened. You see? Because the grace of God. Einstein struggled with dyslexia. Now, these people had this condition of weakness, but somehow by the grace of God. Everyone say, by the grace of God. By the grace of God. I love that saying, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Okay? That, 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 that comes right out of the Bible. By the grace of God, I am what I am. You and I operating with the grace of God can overcome all things. And these people managed to overcome. Now, what we're talking about today, brothers and sisters, is not just common grace, there's something called special grace. Everyone say special grace. Special grace means that God, by the help of the Holy Spirit, by the living word of God, zeros in help into our soul. Grace is God doing for you what you can't do for yourself. Grace enables you to look at a situation and flip the script on Satan. The Bible says, by faith, the weak became strong. By faith. In other words, I may not be able to do this, but God can help me to accomplish Exceedingly and abundantly more. Many, many people end up building their their whole impact in life off of what started as a weakness. Moses said, Lord, I can't speak. But God used him to be a mighty leader. All throughout the Bible... Mary said, I'm just a a child. How could this be? He said, the Holy Spirit will come and overshadow you. And the the power of the Most High will come upon you. What would happen in your life if the power of the Most High came upon you? What what could God do to to use your weakness and turn it into a strength? Stop letting the devil tell you you can't do this. I want everyone to say I can do all things right now. I can do all things. One more time, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lift your hands with me right now. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and touch us deeply. Today we're talking about the deep touch of God. Today we're asking God to reach into our hearts and to reach back into the past. And he's able. He's able by his mighty power. Don't think about anyone else. In a a little while we might pray for each other. I'm gonna invite one of the pastors to come right now and he's gonna lead us in a time of prayer. But I want you to open up your heart and say, I believe, Lord, that you can deal with my ever since. Don't hide your ever since. Bring, lift up your ever since right now. Lift up that thing that has been your weight, your pain, your filter, your source of struggle. And Jesus is going to set you free.